Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. We are listening to a song by Brazilian composer Caetano Veloso. It's called Sampa, and it's an ode to Sao Paulo, Brazil's megacity. É que quando eu cheguei por aqui, eu nada entendi. When I arrived, I didn't understand the hard concrete poetry of your corners, the discreet inelegance of your girls. That's our producer Julia Folan translating Caetano's lyrics. Or the power of money, which creates and destroys beautiful things. Or the ugly smoke that rises, putting out the stars. Three decades later, Sao Paulo is still a chaotic concrete jungle. But these days, the soundtrack is a little different. Brazil is teeming with young artists who are experimenting boldly with Brazilian and international music. And it's all happening here in Sao Paulo. On today's show, we dive into the city's glowing heart to bring you sounds and stories from Brazil's most vibrant music scene. Up ahead, we visit a DIY, a do-it-yourself venue for underground rock, stop by an Afro-Brazilian hip-hop fair, and speak with the talented musicians that are making Sao Paulo a home for all kinds of new music. All that and more on The Soul of Sao Paulo, Rock, rap, and future music from the endless city. Marlon Bishop and Julia Furlan spent a week racing around the city and soaking up sounds. They'll take it from here. Thanks, George. So I had been doing some research for Afropop in Rio, you know, the city on all the postcards. But everybody I talked to there told me the same thing. If you want to know about the music scene of the past, Rio's great. But if you want to hear and experience the Brazil of today, you have to go to Sao Paulo. That's where it's all happening. So I hopped on a bus to Sao Paulo to check it out. There I met up with Julia, a fellow radio producer. We spent a week crisscrossing the city by taxi and train, interviewing all kinds of musicians and music types. It was completely exhausting, but what kept us alive was that every single person we interviewed offered us strong, fresh Brazilian coffee. It's not a sustainable lifestyle, but 14 espressos a day can really help your reporting. For sure, those cafezinhos definitely helped. Julia was actually born in Sao Paulo. She was raised in the U.S., but has been going back and forth her entire life to visit. So she's probably the best person to introduce us to the city. Recalculando. If you didn't grow up in São Paulo, you're most likely going to find yourself lost in it. Almost 20 million people live in Greater São Paulo. They live in white high-rises, houses, slums. They live on the black and white sidewalk. They live with their mom or with 30 people in their extended family. 20 million people sitting in miles of traffic or kicking it at the corner bar. Buying and consuming everything. Prada, Apple, Walmart, crack cocaine, coffee, pizza, beer on tap. In short, Sao Paulo is the sixth largest city on the planet. And if the traffic is any indication, it's complicated. 
ridere, ridere, ridere di queste infelici qui. It's a city of immigrants. Since the beginning of the 20th century, millions of people have migrated to São Paulo. They came from all over, from places like Germany, Lebanon, Syria, and Italy. Like Adoniran Barbosa, who you're hearing now singing Samba Italiano with the heavy accent of São Paulo's Italian neighborhood. The city has the largest population of Japanese people outside of Japan. Migrants from other parts of Brazil are everywhere too, spread all over this seething, dizzying, overwhelming place. 20 million people! That's a lot of humans. Fortunately, a lot of them are musicians. That's São Paulo music legend Arnaldo Antunes and his incredible voice. He started off in the 80s as part of the band Chitãs and was also a member of the Tribalistas. Not to mention his wildly successful solo career. He's a total poet. He says he doesn't believe in roots, he believes in antennae, tuning in wavelengths from all over. He says the defining character of Brazil is a culture of mixing. In São Paulo, that's especially true. For much of Brazil's colonial history, São Paulo was a sleepy agricultural town. The city exploded with people in the late 19th century, when the government threw its arms open wide and gave a big Brazilian welcome to immigrants from everywhere because they needed labor. Fast forward to today, São Paulo produces more than 12% of the country's GDP, and without a doubt, it's Brazil's industrial and financial center. Right now, most people would agree it's the music capital of Brazil as well. There are labels and magazines and bands and bands and more bands. There's everything from samba to Brazilian country music to classical music and a ton of rock. São Paulo is where the 70s rock geniuses, Os Mutantes, got their start. Shannon Garland is a musicologist who lives in São Paulo researching indie music. She says that paulistas, the people who live in São Paulo, have musical knowledge that would impress even the most discerning U.S. music snob. They're way smarter than anybody else to talk about music because they can tell you about what's happening in England and what's happening in the U.S. and what's happening in Iceland. Um, and they've listened to it. Marlon and I hopped a train to a music store just off Avenida Paulista, a wide avenue that cuts through a canyon of skyscrapers in the city. Tiago Nascimento works there. He sings the blues, and I think he's dreamy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. It wasn't my birthday. I just wanted him to sing. One of the things that struck me about this store is that it looks just like an old-school record shop anywhere in the U.S. The place is covered in posters of American and international artists. There's Hendrix. Steve McQueen, Sinatra, Johnny Cash, my favorite, The Who. São Paulo has a serious case of xenophilia, the love of the foreign. Singer-songwriter Tiago Petit says that it's because paulistas don't have a unifying musical culture, the way that Rio has samba or Recife has maracatu. São Paulo is like the mixing of all Brazil. There's no root to be attached when you do music or when you do art and you only have uh, this 
new city thing, so it's all about mixing everything. Take, for example, Bárbara Eugenia, a new voice in São Paulo's mix. Her songs have a tinge of the Mutantes, mashed up with blues, soul, and in this track, even some Brazilified surf rock. Barbara Eugenia singing Por Aí. Okay, something else about Sao Paulo. The traffic is... It's actually hard to even explain how tight a grip the traffic has on the lives of the paulistas. There are more than 7 million cars in Sao Paulo. And at night, there are rivers of solid red brake lights cutting throughout the city. I always wanted to live here because it's a bigger city, so there's more possibilities. That's Juliana Ehi, a small-town rocker chick who grew up listening to feminist punk before taking on the big metropolis. Well, Sao Paulo, it's a very huge city for me. You don't know what time you can get out of home and being stuck on traffic. You're always stuck on traffic. Man, you can just hear how much she hates the traffic when she says that. That's because the average person in Sao Paulo spends 27 days per year in traffic, according to a report released earlier this year. But even though Sao Paulo beats them down, paulistas still love their city. You kind of have to. Rodrigo Brandão, a first-wave hip-hop guy who you'll hear from later, had the best characterization. He said that Rio is like a beautiful woman who's a total bimbo. And Sao Paulo is the opposite. It's the ugly one that is charming, knows how to get busy, and uh, has a lot to say and a lot to give you at the end of the day and at the end of the night. <laughs> In the song you heard at the beginning of the show, Caetano Veloso names these ugly things like greed and pollution and poverty. But he ends up saying that something happens in his heart when he's amid the traffic of a busy intersection. A city this big has a lot of energy to tap into. It gets under your skin. Take, for example, Barbara Eugenia. Sao Paulo is very intense. You don't get to chill much here, <laughs> you know? There's this uh, urge to produce, you know, to to be part of the world.
That was Sao Paulo Afrobeat band, Bashiga Setenta. I'm Marlon Bishop, guest hosting today on Afropop Worldwide with Julia Furlan. So, you know that thing when you don't know the lyrics to a song, but you try to sing along anyway? You end up going, Come and shake your body, Okay, now check out this guy. He knows every word. They're just not actual words. This is actually kind of amazing. Listen. What you want to do? To follow and try everything get to know We found this guy jamming along to Tupac during a DJ set at the Fera Preta, literally the Black Fair. It's a weekend-long convention about black culture in Sao Paulo. There's music, dance troupes, stand selling jewelry and traditional foods. And the unique thing about the fair is that none of this is generally on display in Sao Paulo. Black culture is celebrated in Brazil, but usually with things like samba in Rio and capoeira in Salvador. Sao Paulo's image is about its money and its industry and its high fashion and inevitably its whiteness. The Feira Preta is all about changing that. One guy we met there is Dorival Arances. He runs a company called Ebony English based in Sao Paulo. This is what he had to say about the fair. And uh, this is good because it puts together the values and uh, the culture and the uh, contribution of black folks to the construction of this big country. We came in search of getting some insight on Sao Paulo's special relationship with hippie hoppy, as hip hop music is called here. And we didn't have to look very hard. We ran into MC Joel, who has a hip-hop group called Materia Hima. They make educational raps for kids. This song is for teaching the names of all the bones, you know, clavicles and fibulas. He says at first people thought his idea was weird, but he saw that in his neighborhood, lack of education led to lack of jobs. And he wanted to use rap to help ease the cycle of poverty. But why was hip-hop, of all things, the best medium to reach the kids? The answer is that hip-hop is freaking huge in Sao Paulo. The city is home to one of the biggest rap scenes in South America, maybe even the world. And it's especially big in black communities in the periferia, the vast urban periphery that surrounds the city center. But to tell this story right, we need to start at the beginning. Hey, can I get one of those slidey harp sound effects? Yeah, that one. Great. Okay. The year is 1970-something. The location? A working-class neighborhood in the Sao Paulo periferia. The sound? Funky. One, two, three, four! Get up! Get on up! People were throwing these big open-air parties and spinning U.S. funk and soul records. Durival Arances, the guy from Ebony English, explains. We had a major influence of uh, civil rights movements from the 60s and the 70s. And because of James Brown and uh, Motown, that helped create the sense of black art for the black Brazilian community in Sao Paulo. You might wonder, in a country with so many African-descended music styles, why would Brazilians turn to James Brown for a sense of black art? Yes, samba was created by black Brazilians, but in a way, it didn't belong to them anymore. In the early 20th century, the state encouraged the idea of Brazil as a racial democracy, and samba was the main symbol of Brazil's harmonious race relations. We actually have a whole program about this, called Samba at the Dawn of Modern Brazil, which you can find on afropop.org. Anyway, for various reasons, 
funk music became the party sound of black Brazil. It was only natural that when early hip-hop records made it down here, they got into the rotation. Hip-hop expert Rodrigo Brandão remembers the moment. I remember that people started talking about, yo, there's like in, in uh, this subway station in São Bento, there was these dudes that like doing this crazy dance like Michael Jackson used to do, but even crazier. And like they are playing this music that it's kind of like an electronic version of funk, but without singing, it's just people talking. Rodrigo, by the way, was the original host on the Brazilian version of Yo! MTV Raps. And you could hear it in his voice, how exciting this new sound must have been for people. Like, from that on, it was like, yo, this is the sh**, you know, like, this guy's rock like crazy, like, outfit, like, you know, this is funny, and this is something I can do. All of a sudden, a hip-hop scene sprouted in a downtown plaza near the Sao Bento train station. Every day, kids gathered there to experiment with freestyling and breakdancing. Nobody had any turntables or samplers yet, so they'd flip over garbage cans to bang out beats. And then uh, I remember that in 1988, they released the first actual uh, Brazilian hip-hop LP. It was a compilation called Hippie Hoppy, Cultura da Rua, hip-hop, culture of the street. It featured the first real Brazilian hip-hop group, Taiji and DJ Hume. They have a hit over that album that's called Corpo Fechado, and it's the first Brazilian hip-hop classic. Taiji and DJ Hume had the first local hit with Corpo Fechado. But the most important Brazilian hip-hop group of the 90s, by far, was Hacho Nice MCs. Hacho Nice set the course for Sao Paulo hip-hop by bringing politics to the forefront. Over stark beats, they rhymed about favela life, black consciousness, and revolution. This song, for example, tells the story of the Cairandiru prison massacre, which over a hundred prisoners were killed by guards. Pretty heavy stuff. To this day, Sao Paulo's hip-hop stands out for its sharp social critiques. Here's rapper Hayel Dahima. He says it's because Brazil is a developing country, and the rappers here have come up through poverty and violence. So the music speaks to other people who have been through the same thing. Hayel himself told us that if he hadn't become a rapper, he probably would have ended up as either a bricklayer or a criminal. However, hip-hop's most profound effect on Sao Paulo isn't heard, it's seen. Here's musicologist Shannon Garland. I don't know anywhere in the city that's not covered in great street art, graffiti. It just hits you in the face no matter where you are. Graffiti is hip-hop's loving gift to Sao Paulo. 
It's an antidote to the city's great endlessness, bringing color and warmth to all that concrete. But despite its omnipresence, hip-hop has still always been on the margins in Sao Paulo. At their height, Hacho Nice MCs could easily draw a crowd of 10,000 in the periphery. But the music was pretty much ignored by the industry. But that's changed in recent years. A bunch of new Sao Paulo artists like OG and Emicida have gotten popular outside of hip-hop's traditional base. At the same time, hip-hop artists are digging more into the Brazilian roots. We here in Brazil are starting to get more into, yo, this is us. I'm gonna try to get some samples from like a deep, not known, dope Brazilian album and try to flow over that. The biggest of these new artists is Criolo, who happens to be the guy headlining at the Feira Preta. We'll hear more about Criolo later, but here's a sneak peek. In an article in The Guardian, Caetano Veloso is quoted as calling him perhaps the most important figure in the Brazilian pop scene today. The wide success of an artist like Criolo could mean that in the future, hip-hop won't just belong to the periferia. But whatever happens, nothing will take away its huge impact on black paulistas here at the Feira Preta, who, through hip-hop, have projected their voice over the city's noise. MC Joel, from the educational rap group Materia Hima, puts it this way. E eu sei, posso te dizer e afirmar que a cultura hip hop fez os negros brasileiros levantar a cabeça. He says, hip hop culture made black Brazilians raise their chins and learn self-esteem. We learned to like ourselves, that our curly hair was beautiful. And as a result of hip hop, we're more mature as a community. Mais forte. Mais forte. Stronger. Mas que é mulher sim, que é um jean também Quer ver tudo os neguinhos lá, vivendo bem 
Só que aí pra mim a luta vai além Quem pensar pequenininho, tio, vai morrer sem Não passe mais que alguém, não, só sair da lama Os que caiu foi porque confundiu respeito e fama Na minha cabeça não existe equívoco a menos O jogo é sujo, vai ganhar mais quem erra menos Eu fiz meu próprio caminho e o meu caminho me fez Não é qualquer dinheirinho que vai tirar a lucidez Que eu carrego na mente, tio Segunda chance é só no videogame, então é bom ficar ligeiro Na pista, pela vitória, pelo triunfo Conquista, se é pela glória, uso meu trunfo A rua é nós. Voltamos de nós, brigamos por nós. Na pista, pela vitória, pelo triunfo Conquista, se é pela glória, uso meu trunfo Tio, a rua é nós. Voltamos de nós, brigamos por nós. That was Sao Paulo rapper Emicida with his hit Triomfu. This is the soul of Sao Paulo, rock, rap and future music from the endless city, with guest host Marlon Bishop and Julia Forlan. Hey, don't forget, to know more about the artists we've been hearing, stop by our website, afropop.org. Coming up, we visit one of Sao Paulo's premier underground music venues and delve into the city's fast-growing indie scene. So don't go away. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Hey, we're back. This is Julia Ferlin. On the surface, Casa do Mancha is just this guy Mancha's house on a residential block. Inside, he hosts concerts, he does video shoots, and he helps artists record their albums. Marlon and I were lucky to be taken there by Rodrigo Brandão, the hip-hop expert you heard from earlier. The place reminded all three of us of Fela Kuti's Afrobeat bunker, The Shrine. There's no sign, no markings at all. You just have to follow the music into this modest concrete house. Like Fela's shrine must have been, Casa do Mancha is a home to anyone who loves music and understands the value of a good party. Producer and DJ Dago Donato is a regular. I always tell Mancha that he's got the Williamsburg Consulate in Sao Paulo, you know. The people at Casa do Mancha have a multi-culti hipster vibe to them. They slouch into couches on the concrete patio outside and line up for drinks in front of a tiny bar in the corner. The bands play pressed against the wall in the house's living room, toe-to-toe with the jumping, singing crowd. Between songs, musicians often have to ask for everybody to take a step back and give the band some room. Barbara Eugenia, who you heard from earlier, has played there three times so far. I had to sing looking at the wall across the room because it's kind of weird to sing so close, you know, like looking in the eyes of the crowd. So close, it's a little intimidating. I don't know, for me, maybe because I'm shy. How's up, Mancha? Uh, has a lot to do with uh, some more indigenous Brazilian traditions. That, that is the, the f- gambiarra, you know? Uh, gambiarra is something very, very important for us. Tomás is one of the organizers at the Casa do Mancha, which, by the way, translates to House of Stain. He calls this egalitarian DIY vibe a gambiarra, which is a phenomenal Brazilian word. 
It's what you call it when you come up with an unconventional solution to a problem, like using a clean sock as a coffee filter or putting your glasses back together with scotch tape. For Tomás, this particular gambiaja evokes a TV legend. Jose Stein is like Brazilian MacGyver to music. Perfect, you know? How do you MacGyver a scene? Like the 80s action hero MacGyver, who could improvise a bomb with a few paper clips and a wad of toilet paper, Mungsha's house improvises to fill a void in Sao Paulo's music scene. The booming economy has made bars and clubs especially expensive, and for the most part, the live music you find at these bars is pretty boring American pop cover bands. There's only one rule at Casa de Mungsha. You have to play original music, no covers. Tomás calls it a scene, but I would call it a community. It's the kind of place where a relatively unknown singer like Lulina, who you're hearing now, can perform a song to a crowd of people who know every single word. playing her song Meu Príncipe, backing vocals courtesy of the crowd. Their enthusiasm is infectious. And the music backs it up too. It's authentic and honest and warm. Check out this song from Juliana Ehi, another member of the new indie scene thriving at Casa do Mancha. singing her song, Dry These Tears. Like most of the indie folks we talked to, Juliana's passion for music started early. 
At only 15, she was playing gigs with her all-girl rock band in the small town near São Paulo where she grew up. We were terrible, actually. <laughs> but we had very nice experiences. At 19, she moved to São Paulo, dropped out of college, and used MySpace to get her songs out there. Honestly, the way she talks about her friends and her music makes it seem like she's kind of living the São Paulo dream. I live among people that I love, that I care about, that I know that cares for me. We talk a lot, we're, we drink a lot, we go out, we make gigs. Juliana has the kind of optimism that's the grounding force of indie music in Sao Paulo. It's the gumbiaja of community, and it's based on collaboration, hard work, and the belief that the old paradigms of music making don't really apply anymore. I think everything's very positive. Although people are saying that people don't buy CDs anymore, I think we are starting to change and make our own way. We're fighting our own way. So I think that's good. Now let's check out another song from Lulina, who we heard playing live at Casa do Mancha earlier. It's making fun of the colorful São Paulo slang. Mais um pouquinho Para ver se eu aprendo 
ficar devagarinho Com as coisas que eu gosto e que eu sei que são We just heard Ephemera by Tulipa Huiz. Before that was Lulina. This is Afropop Worldwide. I'm Marlon Bishop, guest hosting with Julia Furlan for George Colline today, as we talk about the kick-ass music scene happening in Sao Paulo, Brazil. One of the problems with making new music in Brazil today is that there's already so much of it out there. Brazil is like the capital of good music. How do you figure out where you fit inside this vast landscape? Hello, hello. Julia, do you hear me? We talked about this a lot with Thiago Petit, a man of many voices. Sometimes lower voices, sometimes higher voices. That's Thiago's theater background showing. Today, he's a singer, and he's kind of a big deal. Dessa vez eu vou tentar sorrir Nem que seja só pra constatar Tiago's music is influenced by the German cabaret songs of Kurt Weill and by Tom Waits. As far as Brazilian music goes, he draws from Bossa Nova's Joao Gilberto, specifically Joao's voice. Because uh, it's so airy and so small and so low, as if you were telling someone a secret on her ear. Like, Se há motivo para eu cantar ou só para eu fazer outra canção tristonha sentimental sobre você. I love Bossa Nova, but what I don't like about Brazilian music culture is that there are too many people trying to do old stuff, like we're too attached to an old language. Thiago is part of a movement of young artists known as the Novos Polistanos, which means the New Sao Paulo-ers. Tulipa, whose music we just heard, is another one. They're seen as the heirs to the long Brazilian lineage of the cantor-compositor, the singer-composers. You know, the big names from the 60s and the 70s, like Caetano Veloso and Gilberto Gil. Many of these guys were part of the Tropicalia movement, which mixed in rock and pop and Brazilian rhythms into this big modern stew. The problem is, Chago doesn't want to be lumped in with those guys. I hate when people consider my work as folk music or MPB or Tropicalia, because it's not about that. I'm not a hippie. I want to make money. I don't live in a farm to be a folk singer. I, I don't like horses. That's not the world now. It all already happened. So the way Thiago sees it, it's time to move past all that stuff and make something new. The revolutionary music became tradition, so it's not more about revolution. This is the lead track of Thiago's album, Berlin, Texas, Nel Siva. Espero que você não se vá Se eu não tiver nada mais para te contar Não sei dizer quem dirá Talvez numa segunda fria Ou num domingo de sol pela manhã 
triste sim, eu sei Duas pessoas em silêncio Sempre dão tanto o que falar Então espere Na terça Ou depois De amanhã Quem sabe Na quinta Ou sexta mais tarde eu direi não se vá ta 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 Não se vá, by Thiago Petit. We spoke to another artist who has pretty much the opposite point of view about Brazilian music. We visited the singer of the indie band Holger at his home in one of the city's slick, angular high-rises. We spoke over coffee in an apartment covered in books and minimalist furnishings. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, That's Pata, uh, uh, testing the mic uh, in a very strange yeah. manner. Actually, my real name is Marcelo, but everyone calls me Pata. And like many who grew up in Sao Paulo's privileged classes, he spent his childhood mostly listening to music from outside of Brazil. All my teenage life, I just listened to indie rock, to American or British rock, like Neil Young, Flaming Lips, Built to Spill, all, all those indie bands. So when it came time for Pata to start a band... The only thing that I could make was basically try to sound like American indie band. And it worked pretty well for him. The band got love on the Brazilian blocks. They were hip. But after a while, Pata's love affair with the sounds of Brooklyn came to an end. First, he started getting into electronic music, then African music. And crazy as it might seem, it's only after all that that he discovered the music in his own backyard, so to speak. And then it came all the Brazilian music that I've been listening to and I've been freaking out about it. How many lies have you looked so far? I finally found some, some path that I want to follow. He wasn't digging on classic Brazilian sounds like samba and bossa nova. He got into the kind of music that Sao Paulo's creative elite hates. Music that makes the intelligentsia hide their ears and run for cover. Music like Axé, a pop style from Bahia. Or Tecnobrega. I don't want to close my ears to anything. I want to listen to any kind of music right now. Pata realized that despite being taught to hate those sounds, they actually weren't bad. In fact, they were good really good. And it changed the way he thought about making music. In the 80s, what people did in New York was listen to African music and put African music into the, the rock music, like Talking Heads. We're trying to do the same, but with 
bit Brazilian stuff, not African stuff. Turns out that Holger's not the only band doing it either. Many middle-class Brazilians are waking up to the wacky and wonderful pop music right under their noses, and they're making interesting fusions that bring those styles into conversation with international music trends. This is a taste of Holger's approach to that fusion, off their 2012 album, Ilha Bella. One thing both Holger and Thiago Petit can agree on, and while we're at it, pretty much everyone we've talked to in Sao Paulo, is that all of this is about the internet. This generation has had access to music from everywhere, and that's not always been true in Brazil. For example, saxophone player Thiago França says he learned about African music decades after jazz players in New York did. We started to listen to Kut, not uh, in the 70s or the 80s, when he, he was actually playing. We started to listen to Fela Kut in 2006, when we first discovered YouTube, you know. Music from all over the world come to us from the internet. The other big change in Brazil is the money. Brazil is now the fifth biggest economy in the world, and Sao Paulo is one of its boom towns. You feel the injection of cash everywhere, from the outrageous price of real estate to the ever-present iPhones. You also feel it in the city's music scene. Pata says it's a pretty simple equation. People have more money to go out clubbing and listening to music and to go out to shows, and they got more time to think about making music. On the flip side, the Brazilian music industry is in freefall, just like everywhere else, and it's harder than ever to earn a living as a musician. And that kind of sucks for the people coming up right now. Here's Thiago Petit. I feel that now, my generation, we accomplished a lot, and at the same time, we are looking at what we have now and thinking, that's it, where to go? There's nowhere to go. It's so hard to understand this 
moment in the world. It's like, it's so hard. As an artist, I feel I'm in a very creative moment and able to share this with many people that are interested. But as an artist producer, it's really hard. Chego has a point there, and I think the question of where to go from here is one of those big modern questions that keeps any creative mind up at night. Hey, Julia, why don't you get back here so we can hash this out? Okay. Marlon, can you hear me? Okay, I hear you. Great. So when Tiago says, where do we go from here, he's talking about the limits of the independent music industry. But it can also mean something bigger. There's such a sense of infinite possibility in Sao Paulo today. Brazil is exploding and growing, and the young musicians we talk to feel like anything's possible. We can go anywhere from here. Juliana Ehe, the feminist indie rocker, had a good thing to say about this. But I think people are doing what they want. People are making their music as they believe. And I think things are getting better for people that are making music independently. There's a saying in Brazil that Brazil is the country of the future, and it always will be. It's more about undelivered promises than it really is about hope. But there's a palpable feeling in Sao Paulo that the future is here and now. Yeah, and that it's this place with these hardcore badasses who live in this dirty, humongous, gray city, who take it and use it to make things. Alguma coisa acontece no meu coração we began the show today with Sampa by Caetano Veloso, which I think is an ode to all of the terrible things that make São Paulo unique. But it's also this beautiful song about how that can affect you emotionally. We're going to take you out of São Paulo with a song that does the same things in a lot of ways. Criolo, who is arguably one of the biggest stars of 2012, has a song called No Existe Amor in SIP, which means love does not exist in São Paulo. No existe amor. He says that São Paulo is a labyrinth with bars filled with empty souls. But the song ends with this beautiful echoed promise. You don't have to die to see God, he says. This song, whose title says there isn't love in Sao Paulo, has actually become kind of an anthem for it. No Existe Amor in SIP was everywhere this year, and it continues to be. Towards the end of 2012, they had a huge free concert on the street, just down the road from Casa do Mancha. The concert was called There Is Love in Sao Paulo. The musicians who performed that day said they felt surrounded by love in a way that was really unique. And with that thought, we'll let Criolo take it from here. This is Criolo singing No Existe Amor in SP. Não precisa morrer para ver Deus. Um labirinto místico 
grafites gritam Não dá pra descrever Numa linda frase De um postal tão doce Cuidado com doce São Paulo é um buquê Buquê são flores mortas Num lindo arranjo, arranjo lindo Feito pra você Existe amor em SP Os bares estão cheios De almas tão vazias A ganância vibra A vaidade excita Devolva minha vida e morra Afogada em seu próprio mar de fé Aqui ninguém vai pro That was Now Existe Amor en SP by Criolo. Hey, be sure to visit afropop.org for photos from Marlon and Julia's trip to Sao Paulo and more info on the artists we featured today. Major funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, that believes a great nation deserves great arts, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the country. And please remember to support your station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Womex, the showcase and trade fair focused on world roots and ethnic music in Cardiff, Wales, October 23rd to the 27th. Info on the web, womex.com. Thanks to Valerie Maxak, David McLaughlin, Rodrigo Brandao, Lu Pienza, Ayala Livi, Priscilla Filipos, and Jael Dabhima for their help with this program. Special thanks to the Brazilian Consulate of New York City. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Marlon Bishop and Julia Ferlan. Great job, guys! Obrigada, George Collinet, for letting us host this jam session. We really hope you've had as much fun as we did. Yep, thanks all around. 
Come back next week for more music and stories along the Afropop trail as we kick off Afropop's 25th anniversary. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Michael Johnson. Banning Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Sam Backer. And I'm Georges Collinet.